if you stay true to what the Bible says, if, you stay, if we together stay true to what the gospel tells us to do, others will notice and then begin to have confidence to do the same thing. Look at what God did through Paul in the middle of his suffering. The gospel of Jesus was spread throughout the prison, throughout the imperial guard. What a story. God's faithfulness doesn't cease at the moment you and I face something hard. So we talked about how do we recognize what faithfulness looks like in our lives when we may not feel it. I'm here to tell you that this passage is a real representation of the fact that God's faithfulness will not stop just because you and I face something difficult. Welcome to the PC Youth Podcast. This is week two of our series in Philippians. What does it look like to recognize God's faithfulness, even when we may not feel it? When we choose Jesus, joy will prevail, no matter the suffering or circumstances. Grab your Bible, turn to Philippians, and get something to write with as we hear this week's message. I'm excited to see you all tonight. It's going to be a good night. It's been an exciting night. It's been an interesting night already. But in all seriousness, I want us to hone in a little bit tonight. I want your focus here. Say, I'm focused. Say, I'm focused. I'm focused. I hope you are focused. Tonight's message is going to be a little bit shorter than normal, um, but I think it's still going to be meaningful. And at the end of this, we're going to give the opportunity for all of you to break into small groups depending on your age and your gender. And so just like we do on Sunday night, there will be middle school and middle school boys and middle school girls small groups, and there will be high school boys and girls. And I'm really believing that this is going to be a meaningful time for us to unpack Scripture in this Philippian series that we've started and understand what it means for us today in our daily lives and everything that we encounter on a day-to-day basis. So are you guys ready for this? Are you excited for this? I'm excited for this. I have a few questions tonight, and I believe we're going to answer them. I'm going to go, I'm just going to go for it. I think um, I've often been uh, pondering this, especially as I was preparing, I, preparing I, was, I was wondering what does it look like to recognize God's faithfulness in our lives, even when we may not feel it? How many of you, if you're being honest, would, would say you've felt, you've had times in your life where you've, you know you, you serve a faithful God, but you can't sense his faithfulness in your life? Would you raise your hand if you're being honest? My hand would be up. You're going through a hard time in your life when, when you know that God, it says in God's word that he is faithful, but you, you can't sense his faithfulness. How, how do we recognize when God's being faithful even when we don't see it? When we find ourselves in situations that seem dark and desperate, how intentionally are we actually seeking God in the middle of it? It's easy to dwell on the negative circumstances or situations that you and I find ourselves in. And I would think also it's easy for us to identify that in other people. It'd be easy to say, oh man, it looks like you're going through a rough patch. But in the middle of all of that, it's important for us to know right off the bat that God is always working things out for good. But how often do we actually recognize it? How often do we actually take the time to understand what that means in our lives? How often are we actively sensing God's purpose for each and every one of us? Last week, we started um, this preaching series that we've been in, studying the book of Philippians. And last week, um, just to put it in a nutshell, we saw... Um, An introduction to this letter, one of Paul's most joyful letters that he ever wrote. We were in Philippians 1, the beginning of this passage last week, and immediately we read about thanksgiving and prayer and and the spiritual discipline that, that Paul practiced all throughout his life. 
It was clear to us that even in the middle of writing a letter in prison, Paul chose Jesus, and he was filled with joy because of it. If you can remember back to last week, um, we, we saw that Paul was thanking the Philippians for their faithfulness, for the way that they ch- chased after Jesus, and he, he, he put it in there really, really um, quickly, and he said, also, I'm in prison. And we studied last week that even in the middle of prison, Paul chose Jesus, which gave him joy because of the, the way he chased after Jesus. When we were reminded through Paul last week, last week that when you choose Jesus, joy will prevail no matter the suffering or circumstance that you find yourself in. We learned a lot from the response of Paul in a dark situation, but tonight, I think we have a lot to learn from the Philippians. What was their outlook on Paul's situation? The people in Philippi, the church in, in Philippi, what was their outlook of Paul's situation in prison? What did they think? Dear Jesus, thank you for this amazing evening. God, thank you for Xboxes. God, thank you for popsicles. God, thank you for everything that makes this night fun. But God, ultimately, we know that we are here to encounter you, to meet with you, to be in your presence. And God, I pray that, that your word would speak in a very real way this evening, that it, would, that it would capture us, that it would allow us to leave this place forever changed because we experience you in a real way. We have a new outlook on life because of what your word says. God, I pray that you would give us ears to hear. And I got, God, I just pray again against any distraction from the enemy because I really do believe that your word wants to speak to us in a real way tonight. We ask all these things in your precious and your holy name. Amen. Who has their Bible tonight? Open with me to Philippians chapter 1. We're going to be in chapter 1 again tonight starting in verse 12. We're going to look at Philippians chapter 1 verse 12 verses, sorry, verse 12 through 14. And we're going to unpack those verses together. Before this passage that we're about to read, like I said, we read about Paul's thanksgiving, we read about his prayer, we read about the love that he possessed for the Philippian people. He was honoring them at the very beginning of this passage, which we saw last week. But now, in this passage that we are about to read, we will, we will see that Paul was reminding the Philippian people of something. He was addressing a question that was a concern of the Philippian people. We remember that the Philippians were strong followers of Christ. He was honoring them for that. They were faithful to the mission of Jesus. But based on what we're about to read, we can maybe conclude, and I I would at least imagine that the Philippians were concerned about where Paul was. They were concerned about the imprisonment that he found himself in. They were strong in their faith, but I wonder if the Philippians' human reasoning got in the way of their God reasoning. Perhaps they had doubts, and the text doesn't say this, but I wonder if they had doubts and concerns as to why Paul was in prison. Perhaps they were wondering, how is God protecting Paul while he's in prison? There is obviously a concern that we're going to see Paul address. Where is God's faithfulness if he's led Paul all the way to prison? So let's look at what Paul responds because at the very beginning of this passage, we're going to see that he's addressing something that they were, he probably thought they were thinking. So go to verse 12 with me. Are you there? Say, I'm there. Philippians 1 verse 12, it says this. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. That's a simple sentence, but we're going to unpack it tonight. He starts out by saying, I want you to know, brothers and sisters. By saying that, I believe that this was an important message from Paul. It was something that he needed the Philippian people to hear. Probably maybe because there was concerns about what he was about to say. You can hear a sense of urgency in the way Paul is delivering this. He says, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has actually happened to me, what me being in prison has actually really served to advance the gospel. What has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. This statement from Paul makes it clear that his imprisonment could look and sound bad from an outsider's perspective. If any one of us heard that one of the best mission, one of the greatest missionaries to ever exist was in prison because of preaching the gospel, I would be concerned. 
I'm sure you would be concerned. The Philippian people were probably concerned about this. But this statement from him, it says, it, it may look bad on the outside, but on the inside, the way that Paul is living in prison, it really has actually served to advance the gospel of Jesus. Everything you may have been thinking about me is not true. The gospel of Jesus is still being spread. So any concern that says God has not been faithful to Paul or his situation is addressed. God has used Paul and his suffering to advance the gospel of Jesus. I love this. Let's keep reading this passage. It's only two more verses, but we're going to unpack all of it. Go to verse 13. Verse 12 again says, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and, all, and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. Paul is telling the Philippian people that, that in this moment, everyone knows that Paul is in prison for Jesus. Everyone knows that Paul, what Paul stands for and who his faith is in. Everyone knows that even though he may be in a tough situation, he may be in a circumstance that doesn't necessarily feel good, everyone knows that he's still choosing Jesus in that moment. It's clear that, that Paul isn't concerned with his current circumstance. Like I said, the text doesn't tell us the Philippian people could be concerned, but Paul is not. He's standing up for Jesus, and, and God is building a testimony within Paul's life, even in the middle of suffering and in a bad situation. I believe that that same thing is true for us tonight. Even in a bad circumstance, even in a moment of life where you may feel like there's no sense of good, God can still build a testimony in your life. He did it for Paul. He, did it for, he can do it for you and me. Paul's imprisonment is even affecting the imperial guards, it says. It has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. Let's not forget the magnitude of this. We talked about this a little bit last week. But in Rome, where, where Paul was said to be in prison, Christianity went far and against everything the Romans believed. They were against it. They did not, they did not like the Christian tradition. So for imperial guards to even be swayed about the way that Paul lived and to experience the gospel because of it, that was a big deal. And he was saying, everyone around him knows what I stand for. He know, they know that the gospel is being spread because of my imprisonment for Jesus. It's huge for a guard to be positively impacted by the gospel. Verse 14, go there with me. It says, and most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Paul's talking about the other believers most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Paul's boldness is not only affecting those around him in hearing the good news of Jesus, but it is also giving fellow believers the confidence to speak boldly the gospel. When you stand strong for Jesus, when I stand strong for Jesus, when we stand strong for Jesus in the middle of a suffering situation, others will notice it. I'm here to tell you. In, in your circle of friends, if you stand strong in the middle of a suffering situation for the things of Jesus, people will notice. But not only that, they will get the confidence for themselves to be able to preach the good news of Jesus and to stand strong for him. If you stay true to what the Bible says, if, you stay, if we together stay true to what the gospel tells us to do, others will notice and then begin to have confidence to do the same thing. Look what God did through Paul in the middle of his suffering. The gospel of Jesus was spread throughout the prison, throughout the imperial guard. What a story. God's faithfulness doesn't cease at the moment you and I face something hard. So we talked about well, how do we recognize what faithfulness looks like in our lives when we may not feel it. 
I'm here to tell you that this passage is a real representation of the fact that God's faithfulness will not stop just because you and I face something difficult. When you and I come up, come up against something that's hard, that's, that's challenging, that's testing our faith, God is still faithful. Even when it doesn't seem clear or obvious, God is always working. The text doesn't tell us, but you must wonder, did the, did the Philippian people have faith that God could indeed move in the middle of Paul's suffering? Because we just read he did move, and he moved powerfully, and he moved miraculously through Paul. Maybe they were doubting or even fearful of Paul's current state in that time, and they, they could have forgotten the power of the God that they serve. So I'll ask the question again, do you and I have the faith that God can and will move in the middle of our hardship? That's a challenging question if we're honest tonight. That's challenging for me, and I'm I'm sure it's challenging for you. When you experience real-life hardship in your life, how much faith do we have knowing that God can be and will be faithful in that situation? Even when we don't see any sign of God in our immediate circumstance, do we have the faith that he's still moving? Because let me tell you, he is. But it's up to us to recognize that. He's faithful. It's up to us to recognize the faithfulness that, that is taking place in our lives. God didn't waste time. He, God didn't waste Paul's time when he was in Roman imprisonment. He moved through him. Lives were changed because of Paul's willingness to look past his immediate trouble. And at the same time, God will never waste any of our time. He didn't waste Paul's. He won't waste you and I's. But we very well could waste our own time if we don't spend it sensing God's purpose for our lives at every moment. Take a hard, a hard life circumstance that you could even be facing right now. A lot of you may walk in with something that's really, really tough, really, really hard, and really hard to take hold of and to grasp and understand where God is. How much faith do we have knowing that God is still being faithful in that situation and then seeing his faithfulness, recognizing it? Yeah, God, this has really tr- challenged me, and this has been really hard, but, but God, I actually do recognize that, that you have stretched my faith, and you stretched me as a believer in this, and I'm stronger because of it. How often do we take the time to do that instead of dwelling on what we're, we're suffering through? It's a question for you. It's a question for me. God will never waste you and I's time, but it's up to us to recognize when he is moving because he always is. We serve a faithful Savior, one who will never leave us out to dry. Paul, in the middle of a massive inconvenience, like we just read, sought out Jesus and look how faithful God was not only to Paul, but to the people around him. People that probably had never heard the gospel of Jesus before heard about the gospel of Jesus because of Paul's imprisonment. What a story. I love being here every single week. And this is family time tonight. I love being able to to be around you every single week. I love being able to interact with high school, middle school students every single week. And I can... I think I can honestly speak on behalf of Kira, Corey, Haley, our entire leadership team. We love doing this because we care about you. And I just want to say it, it has been so, so encouraging to see a group of students that comes every week on Sunday and Wednesday actively pursuing the things of Jesus. All of you, a lot of you do this. A lot of you, this is your character. This is your discipline in your relationship with Jesus. To understand that, yes, life is hard, but you are still seeking the things of him. I want to commend you for that tonight. I'm proud of you for that tonight. I love being able to be the youth pastor of a youth group that, that is hungry for Jesus, that is chasing after him, that is not settling for mediocrity. It's evident all throughout this place on a Wednesday and a Sunday that, that young people are hungry for Jesus. I wish you could hear every time I had a, a, an older person come up to me and say, Spencer, the young people are on fire for the Lord. They want him. They desire him. I just want to say in front of you tonight, I'm proud of you. 
you are a great representation of the gospel. But I want to challenge us at the same time, how often are we seeking to recognize, even when it's hard, where is God's faithfulness in that? God wants to use this youth ministry miraculously for his sake and for his kingdom. It's even been prophesied that that a revival would take place in this country and it would start on the West Coast. Do you want revival in your city? Revival is when, when people meet Jesus and they turn from the, thing, the, the sin that they're in and, and a group and a large mass of people meet Jesus. And, and I believe that it's going to take place in this country and that this country is going to, it's going to flip from the direction it's heading. Because right now, this country as a whole is heading towards destruction and disaster and death. But I believe there will be a day when the, the Spirit of the Lord is poured out and people meet Jesus in a very new way, believers and non-believers, and there's going to be a revival across this country. And it's been prophesied that it's going to start on the West Coast. Let it start in Salem. That's my challenge for you tonight. Let it start in Salem. Let it start in this youth ministry. Let it start in this church. Let it start in your home. Let it start in your heart. Because if we want revival, if we want the people in our schools, if we want our friends, if we want our circles of influence to meet and to know Jesus, it has to start with us. We need to catch a new fire for the Lord. We need to experience new relationship with him, a hungry desire for his word. And it, and it requires us to recognize when God is being faithful, even when it's hard. Because Paul, like we talked about last week, he didn't make it about his suffering. Paul didn't start this letter saying, man, guys, I'm in, I'm in prison. This is really brutal. I don't know how I'm going to survive. He instead, at the very beginning of this passage, praised the Philippian people for their faithfulness and then gave glory to God for the way that the gospel has been moved through him. Let it start in you. Let it start in your heart. So we're going to do something a little bit different tonight. If Celeste, if you're in here and you want to just come play keys, that would be great. But I want you to stand up with me tonight. We're going to do small groups, like I said, and all of our leaders are going to come forward. If you're a leader in the, in the room and you are going to lead a small group tonight, I know this is different, but I believe that, that God's word every week speaks to each and every single one of us in a very real way. And I want to provide space for us to be able to talk about it together. Because if you're honest tonight, would you say you're challenged? I'm challenged by the, by the strength of Paul. And I, I, I'm willing to bet that a lot of you are challenged by that as well. And so we're going to provide space for this to happen, for conversation to take place around this. So, uh, Josh, I think you're on the computer. There's three questions that we're going to dive Oh, that's Hardy. I'm sorry. There's three questions that we're going to dive into. The first one is, I'll read it to you. In our small groups, I want to describe a hard season. Oh, it's Alona on the keys. I'm sorry. Um, we're going to describe a hard season of your life that was... How was God faithful in the middle of that season? What has challenged you? How did he use you? So I want all of us to take the time to really reflect. Maybe the hard season of your life is right now. And you walk in here feeling no sense of joy. You, you walk in here feeling no sense of God at all. But we've just learned through the Bible and through God's word that God is still faithful in those seasons. So we're going to challenge each other to find God in the middle of it. In the middle of your hardship, in the middle of your struggle, how is God faithful? How has he challenged you? And how did or how can he use you? Does that make sense, number one? Number two, what are some practical ways for us to identify God's power on display in our lives? I really think this is going to promote great conversation because there is practical ways to do this. To be, I'm not going to answer it for you, but I think one would be in constant prayer and relationship with Jesus. 
to be in conversation with him, to be in his word. Number three, how can we encourage those around us? We've seen that, that Paul was used to impact people all around him, even imperial guards. How can we, as believers and followers of the faith, how can we encourage those around us to actively choose to see the way God is working in their lives? Because it is a choice. Paul had to choose Jesus in the middle of this, which as a result, he felt joy, not suffering. He had to choose Jesus. So how can we encourage those around us to actively choose to see the way God is working in their lives? How do we focus on God's handiwork rather than making those clear? To stay caught up with everything happening with PC Youth, check us out on Instagram at peopleschurchyouth or go to peopleschurch.com.